0: Just a quick chazara of what we did last week, and then we'll continue this week. And I, uh, last week we ended up doing it in 35 minutes, as opposed to I think last week we did it in closer to an hour. So the goal is to do the same again. We're trying to do a quick chazara. We're not trying to say any chedushim. Just trying to make sure that we remind ourselves of the halachas that we, as we go through year, you know, every year to remember with all the uh, lapses that we have in keeping the halachas, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's birth control, whether it's pasha just you know, times times when we're not conscious of it, just to remind ourselves of the halachas, to remember that we uh, are conscious of the halachas and no, what's a shallow, It's not a shelo. So we'll. Uh, Continue. So last week we discussed the halachas of how a woman becomes tameya. We said that there's two main ways a woman becomes Tmeya. One is called Tumidei Raisa, one is Tumidei Ravanan. In order for a woman to become Tamei Raisa, she needs to have a Re'iya from the Makar with her Gasha. Although we said women nowadays do not have hargashas, the average woman nowadays does not have a hargasha, at least not one that she can feel. Nevertheless, we assume that when a woman has a proper reiya and she has a proper flow when it's her time of a period, we assume that it comes with a hargasha, and therefore the woman is tamim raisa, and that's why every woman nowadays who has a proper period is considered tamim videraisa, even though she has not, or she can say that she can claim that she has not a hargasha. Nevertheless, we assume that she is tamim videraisa with all the halachas. The other type of tuma is called tumim which is tuma kesem when a woman. Has a dam without a it's a kesem it's a stain, there's no Hagasha it's not a flow, and therefore that she's only going to be Tomei Medar because she's missing one of the main, one of the main, uh, she's missing the main, uh, the main, uh, to make herself Tomei Medar will only be Tomei and we said last week there's a few coolest that come along with Tomei First of all, it needs to be on something that's Tuma it needs to be on something that is white or clo- very close to white or off-white, something very, very similar to white, it needs to be larger than the size of a gris and it needs to be that there's no, nothing else you could be toiled in, toiled in if you meet all those requirements, which means if it's on something which is white, macabal tumbo, larger than a gris and there's no other tliyas, then she will be tamemid Otherwise, if it's smaller, if it's missing even one of one of the tanan, then she will be tahar And the kesem elafim etamehur. So, for example, a woman—the case, you know—the most common example: a woman finds a stain at some point during yemei tahara, or she's getting close to close to the vestis, or even during the vestis, she finds a stain on her underwear. So, underwear is makabel tuma. but let's assume that she should not be wearing; she should be be wearing big day tzveinim. She should not be wearing leveinim. She shouldn't be wearing white. She's wearing colored, and therefore, she finds it uncolored. So, even though it's makabel tuma, and even though it's larger than the size of a gris, she will be tahira because it does not meet all of the requirements. However, like we said last week, once it gets very large and turns into a not a kesem anymore. It turns into a flow. Turns into a proper sti- a proper uh a proper re'iya where we say, okay, this is not just a stain. This is the actual flow of her period. Then she'll be tummy because we'll assume that that's a rei'ah. We'll assume there's argasha. She will be tame That's based the basic ways that a woman could become tamay. so Last week, also if she finds something on a a vidika, that would also be that would also be we'd also consider that to be with a hargasha and therefore, regardless of the size and regardless of you know what she found it on, which means anything that goes inside of her will also be metame her, because we'll assume it came with hargasha and she just confused the hargasha with the other sensation of either agasha's tashmish, or the hargish of or the Hargish of Aid. That's really what we spoke about last week. Now, when we get to the halachas of how a woman becomes tahar, and then in Ritz Hashem, we'll try to, do, we'll try to go through hafifa, chatzitsa, tfilah today, and if we have time to even do our hakas, if not, we'll do our hakas and vestas next week. So when it comes to khafifa and chatzitsa, which is the process leading up to, leading up to, leading up to her going to the mikvah. So as we said last week, let's assume the case we discussed last week, she gets her period on Sunday afternoon. So Sunday is day number one of the five days that she must count. That's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday before Shkia. She does a hefsik, she should clean herself, as we said, externally. If she wants, she can do internally, but she definitely should clean herself externally. Then she does a hefsik, and then if possible, she does a mech as well, a mech as well. Assuming all of those are clean, she starts counting her shivanikiyam on Thursday night, which means Friday is the first, one of her, first day of her shivanakiyim. She counts her shivanikiyam as Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday is the end of the shivanikiyam, Thursday night, Thursday night after taste, that's when she goes to the mikvah. The easiest way to remember it is, the same day she does the hefzik is the day she goes to the mikvah, except the is done before before Shkiah, it must be done before Shkiah, and the Mikveh is done after Shkiah. So again, she had her period on Sunday, she did the Hefzik on Thursday before Shkiah, she goes to the Mikveh Thursday after Shkiah, Thursday night, which means Friday, that's, she finished her Zayin that's when she has the ability to first go to the Mikveh. And the couple should not be pushing off Lal no uh, for no real reason, she always called the Rav before pushing off Lal first of all, there's Mitzvah second of all, Pur Ravu, assuming that they haven't been Mekai in the Mitzvah Pur Ravu, and therefore a couple should not push it off without uh, consulting a rav to figure out if there's a valid reason to push it off. If the husband's out of town, the wife's supposed to be going to the mikveh Tuesday night, the husband's on a business trip, he's not home, so then she should not, not only is not only could she push off going to the mikveh, she should push off going to the mikveh, assuming that the husband's not coming back that night or the next night or whatever, he's not he's not, he's not coming back that night or the next day, let's let's assume, so she should be pushing off the mikveh, because she the, the paiskim already bring down that there's a certain, a certain uh, kayak of hezek uh, that can happen to a woman who goes to the mikveh, who's to her, and Roy for her bylaw, and her husband's not home. And therefore she should either push off to the mikvah until let's her husband's, she's supposed to be going to the mikvah Monday night, her husband's coming back um, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday night at 11 o'clock, so she goes to the mikvah Tuesday night as opposed to Monday night, and that way she got the mikvah in, she doesn't go to the mikvah Monday night, she pushes it off till Tuesday night. If she needs for some reason to go to the mikvah Monday night, or let's say her husband's coming back Tuesday afternoon, so he's going to be home before she has have, has a chance to go to the mikvah. So she wants to go to the mikvah Monday night; it's more convenient. It's easier for her to go to the mikvah Monday night. She could go to the mikvah Monday night. However, she should make some sort of shmirah against these mazikim, and the place can bring down that the shmirah that she makes is either she puts a knife under her pillow. I don't know if the average woman wants to put a knife under her pillow, but she could do that. She could put a knife under her pillow. She could sleep with a baby in the bed or a child in the bed, sleep with somebody else in the bed, so that way she's she's also watching. The mazikim, and the third option is to take an article of her husband's clothing, probably the easiest one to do, and put it in her put it in her bed as well. That also, for some reason, based on uh, the rachrada that's there, the mazikim that are there, it will protect her from the mazikim, and the mazikim won't attack her. That's the uh, that's the other the third option that she has the ability to do. If she does push off push off the lal tefila, for example, her husband's not home, where she has some sort of reason to push off the tefila, she begins wearing big day tzvanim. She does not continue wearing levanim. She does not continue doing bedikas after Shivanakim which means she got till Thursday. Right, the example we were giving is she's going to the mikvah Thursday night For some reason she's pushing off the mikvah Thursday night and Friday night, let's say she's only going on Shabbos So Thursday night, she does her last bidikah on Thursday Before shkia, And then she can put on Big Day Tzvaynim, she puts on colored She does not continue to do bidikahs And whenever she's you know, able to go to the mikvah For whatever reason she pushed it off She'll then go to the mikvah When she's capable of going to the mikvah Although Minat a woman could go to the mikvah We really just had this in Dafyemi yesterday, I think Although Minat Torah, although a woman could go to the mikvah during the day the, the seventh day, which means Thursday. Yeah. Since Thursday is the last order of Rosh and i we hold Miksah Siyom Kukulai. she should be at some, could be, she could be going to the Mikvah by day. However, Chazawa Geiser, that it's not a very smart idea because in a normal scenario, if a woman, if it's somebody who's Tameh goes to the Mikvah and, and relies on Miksis Yem and then they end up becoming Tameh after, it's not the end of the world. Over here, we're nervous, Chazal, are nervous. She's going to go to the Mikvah Thursday morning. She's going to the Mikvah Thursday afternoon. She's going to have tashmish with her husband Thursday afternoon because of Miksis Yem And then Thursday before Shkia comes, she's going to become Tameh. And now, Lima Freya, they were just boiled. That he was just he was just boiled her when she was in nida because of mafresh she never got her full shemunekiyim and therefore Chazal was nervous about this real which is a real issue Is her kares and therefore Chazal said she cannot go on the seventh day she has to wait until she finishes all all shemunekiyim she has to wait until it says to be able to go right and that's why she goes only only after. It's the seventh day by Tzais. She doesn't have to wait for her Benetam. But she goes the seventh day after Tzais. In addition, Chazal also met another Gezerah. Aside from the issue of going on the seventh day, they also did not allow a woman to go on the eighth day by day as well. Even though there's no the first issue doesn't apply anymore, which means even if she sees for some reason Dam after going to the mikvah on the eighth day, that's not our fault. That's as if she would see Dam on a regular day of regular day when she's Tahirah. Nevertheless, Chazal didn't allow her to go on the eighth day, Gezer Srach Bita. Chazal was nervous that if she goes on the eighth day, by day. When she finished her Shivanakiyim, her daughter is going to see that she went to the mikveh. Her daughter is going to see her coming back from the mikveh. Her single daughter is then going to get married and assume that your lateral line mixes you and her daughter is going to go to the mikveh on the seventh day. By day. The seventh day, not the eighth day. Therefore, Chazal said, she's not allowed to go on the eighth day either. So not only can she not go on the seventh day, she can't go on the eighth day, she always has to go at night. Unless there's real reason to to uh, for a woman to go by day, That's the halacha, she doesn't go the seventh day or the eighth day. The the most common example that comes up is Friday night. I know for example where I just moved in Tom's River, there's no mikveh there. There's no mikvah within walking distance. I think you have to walk all the way down Cross Street, which is a real psychonaut. So a woman has to go to the for Friday night. So you have to call a rav, and the rav will decide whether they want to rely. Ramayisha writes that she could go the seventh, the seventh by day, Arif Shabbos, she could go by day, and come back, make sure that she doesn't see her husband till after taste. Because we want to make sure that we're not nervous that they're going to end up having Tashmesh before Taze. Another place will tell you to wait until Mazar Shabbos. You have to call a rav. I think that's the most common example where women want to go by day. Yeah? The other, the, and the, the other scenario in which we do allow a woman to go by day is a Akala. Kala could go by day because the whole 0 doesn't apply. And therefore Akala does normally go by day and not at night. So that's Lagabe, the timing of the mikvah. That's the seventh day and the eighth day. Now that, that's Lagabe, the time when she goes to the mikvah. So again, she goes to the mikvah Thursday night. Going back to our case, she goes, Thursday night after Tzai's is the first time she has the ability to go to the mikvah. However, before going to the mikvah, she has to do prep for the mikvah. She has to prepare herself for the mikvah to make sure that there are no chatzitzes on the mikvah. We'll talk about chatzitzes in a moment, but the process of preparing for the mikvah that she has to do, is called khafifa There's a din bidika, which is a din mina taira that she has to check herself over. And then there's a process, which the khafifa process of cleaning herself over, and actually combing her hair, washing her body, making sure there are no chatzitzes that's so not a chiv That's also part of the process that she does. It's khafifa to make sure that there's no chatzitzes on, and that's all, and then she'll do an ian to make sure to look over her body to make sure there's no chatzitzahs, and then she has the ability to go to the mikvah. However, before she actually gets into chavif and chatzitzah, there's already, a, there's already a cleaning or an ian process that already, takes, already takes, uh, takes place already from the morning, which means the morning, she's going to the mikvah again Thursday night, Thursday morning already, there's other things that she has to be careful of. Chazal explained this: the how the, the, the machaber brings down, that on the, day, on the day that she's going to the mikvah, she cannot eat any meat, on the day she's going to the mikvah, because we're nervous that the meat's going to get stuck in her teeth. And even though she's going to brush her teeth and floss her teeth and everything, Chazal said, Nevertheless, yeah. she should not be eating meat because meat's something which is prone to get stuck in her teeth. It doesn't only mean meat, the place can bring down that means chicken as well. And that means uh, all, all types of flesh, she should not be eating well. However, if it's on Friday night. She's going to the mikvah. Friday night. She's going to the mikvah on the day that she has a suddas mitzvah. She's going on a yantif for some some reason why she has a hat, she should be eating meat. On a hatter, she has a mitzvah to be eating meat. Then she could eat the meat and then just make sure that she's very careful to be careful about how she eats the meat and to carefully clean her teeth out after she finishes eating the meat. That's one thing she has to be careful of is not eating meat. If she by mistake ate meat. Right, you don't push off the mikvah night because she by mistake ate meat, right? A woman didn't realize she ate a meat sandwich and she was supposed to go into the mikvah Thursday night and she ate Thursday for supper, she ate meat, not a problem, just clean her teeth well, brush her teeth, floss them, make sure there's no meat in there, and then, after she can go to the mikvah. She also has to be careful. The mechaber brings down that she should not be kneading dough with her hands. Kneading dough, is the dough is a type of thing that can get stuck to a person's hands very easily. Therefore, assuming she's going to the mikvah again Friday night, let's say, and she wants to make khala Friday, she has to be careful not to not to make the not to make the khala on Friday if she's going Friday night. The easiest eitz is either make the khala on Thursday or wear gloves when she makes khala, If she wears gloves, she doesn't run into the issue at all, and that would also be uh, also be totally fine. In addition, all the, the after, after doing the lunch? Yeah, she shouldn't. Be, she shouldn't be touching dough or eating meat or chicken. Even if she, yeah, even if she's cleaning herself after, we're nervous that dough is something which gets easily stuck to a person. Should be careful about that. Yeah, yeah. she wear gloves. That's the that's the easiest etza. So. In addition, anything else, or well, the later price can be done. Anything else that's normal, very prone to get stuck to a person. Don't eat a Laffy taffy on the night she's going to the mikvah. Shouldn't be eating popcorn on the night she goes to the mikvah. She shouldn't be eating things or you know. Uh, Corn on the cob, I think, is, is another example they bring down. Things that are easily get stuck in a person's teeth. And can we stuck there, that's something which we'll see in a second could be a meat or love It's not something you want stuck in your teeth. And therefore, she should just be conscious of the fact that she's going to the mikveh tonight, even though she hasn't started the cleaning process. She hasn't started the actual khafifa process. Nevertheless, the whole day, she should be conscious of what she's eating and making sure that she's not doing things which will uh, end up being potential khafifa's once she goes to the mikveh. So that is lagabe before she even gets into the actual khafifa process. Now we'll talk about hafifah, but before we talk about what she needs to do for khafifa <coughs> we have to really discuss what are potential chatzitzahs, what is a chatzitzah, and once we understand what chatzitzah she's looking out for, then we can figure out, okay, what, what is the khafifa process, and what's it doing in order to ensure that there are no khatzitz. Are, are no so it, the, the halacha, when it comes to mikvah, is that there needs to be it needs to be, um, the, the, the Pasuk says, and the shemesh learns, and the learns, she needs to travel her whole body in the water at once. She cannot have any chatzitzahs on her body. Unlike Haggala, for example, when you do Haggala on a keli, you can do Haggala on half a keli and then the other half of the keli. When it comes to mikvah, whether it's for any any uh, anyone going to the mikvah, when it comes to ke- putting kelim in the mikvah, it always needs to be that the whole body needs to go into the mikvah at once, and that's why you cannot have any chatzitzahs. There's three basic parts of the body that you can have a chatzitzah on, and each one of them have their own Independent halachas. There's makam gali, which means anywhere external on the body, any place, any basic place in the body that you can see, any place on the skin that you can see. There's basis starum which is the inside of a person's body, inside a person's mouth, nose, ears, those are basis starum. They're not visible, they're not external parts of the of the person. That's called basis starum. The third place is called balua, something that's the inside of the body, which is uh, which is underneath a person's skin, something which is balua, something deep inside of a person, which is not that it's sometimes gali and sometimes sasa. You're inside of your mouth. Is basis darum because when you're standing when you're standing normally, and your mouth is closed. It's something which is hidden, but you could make it open if you open your mouth. The inside of your nose is something which is not visible externally, but it could be visible externally. It's, it's if you look inside, it could be visible. It's something which is it's called uh, basis sternum but it's not balua. Balua means something which is totally the internal part of a person's internal part of a uh, person's body. When it comes to makam Gully so she has to make sure that there's an absolutely uh, that water has to touch the whole all all parts of her that are, that are makam gully, the, the, Her whole body has to go into the water, here, all the way down to their toes, have to go into the water. When it comes to base hastarem, the inside of her mouth, she does not have to go into the mikvah and open her mouth to make, make, sure that, make sure that water goes in, but it has to be ra'il Mayam. Right, kala, what's um? Kala? Kala roy leh? right, <laughs> Anything that's possible to have water come into it, the bi is So water could potentially have the mouth could have water come into it, and therefore she needs to make sure that water could go into the mouth, the ears, the nose. All those are called basis starem, and they need to have at least roy That's why having a chetzitza in the teeth doesn't mean that you need to make sure that water goes in the teeth, but it needs to. You need to make sure that water could have gotten in all the teeth and in the mouth and in the whole uh, in all basis even though it doesn't actually have to have the water go in. And the third, Wait, by the so she she does not have to open her mouth, no. She should not press it closed very tightly she does not have to open her mouth. Leave it loose. Then it's not royal adela. the Word can't go in. Well, it's right. If water went in, it would get into her whole mouth. Which means it needs to be that, that it needs to be that if, it, if water could get in, it would get into their whole mouth. Don't uh-huh. but it doesn't have to be that water actually actually has to get into oh, basis so arm that right out. that's basically it 's called basis arm it 's not normally open and visible external <laughs> the external part of a body and therefore it doesn't need to have water actually touch it but it needs to be that if water did touch it, it would touch the whole thing and by base of belua, the third part i 'm sorry blua the third part water does not have to touch that at all water does not have to be right to touch that that's the inside parts of a body which are not very common to really be able to even clean but those are that 's called balua for example, the, probably the most uh, the most the common examples let's say a person has a splinter totally under their skin that's called balua inside of the skin. There's the, the, the even though it's not roi for biyismayim which means the water can't get to the place where the splinter is and the splinter is covered but that's called balua it's balua inside the skin and that would not be an issue of chetisah b'chlal, because it's balua doesn't even need to be roi lebiyismayim right things that are things that are internal like that can also be uh can be scenarios of other carriers. temporary flings maybe not because that's that's based on it's not balua I don't know many other scenarios of balua. It's not very, not very, uh, not very common that have because you can't really get to balua. Scab's external. I'm talking about things that are mamish Balua. How uh, about like an IV? It would be going from the outside, inside. Right. And it's very, it's very hard to think of practical cases of balua. But that's, uh, that's the thing. Because anything that's baluah, you can't really get to. <laughs> that's basically what it means. Right? That's baluah. Um, <coughs> so therefore, when it comes to... So therefore, she needs to make sure that she has no chatzitsas, both on makam galoi, and on of stardom, both in the places that water actually has to touch, and in the places that water needs to potentially touch, Mida raisa, she only needs to be careful about something that's rubai, the einamakbed or makbed. Uh, I'm sorry, rubai um, Makbid. is the only time that you, is the only time that you need to be need to be careful about Mida raisa, which means something that covers most of her body, and she is makbed on. I don't, can't think of a, uh, any scenario in which one would have uh, a full body cast. Yeah. It's a full body cast. It's a Rubai Makbed. It's on all of your body, or on of your body, and you don't want it on there. You're a on it. Full body cast would be a scenario. Something like that, where it's totally, I got, someone got covered in paint. I right, going to the mikvah, that would be Rubai, umakbed, that would be Isidere. So we have a Chazawa geyser, even Rubai Ve'einamakbed, and even Miet umakbed. <laughs> And therefore, even if a woman has something which is only on a small part of her body, but she's makbed, which means she does not normally want a tear, she would not walk out on the street like this, that is going to be a chatzitza. Similarly, if she has something in rave of her body, but she's not makbed on it, probably even a harder scenario to think of. Rave ve'ina I don't think we could have a rave ve'ina My wife does some wax. So it comes up a lot of times. Like, oh, we're going to get to waxings in a minute. Open. We're going to get to she's, waxings in a minute. Oh, you're saying on her body she has... Ro- no, she does waxings for <laughs> people. So yeah. You know, like Rabbanam Kholing you know, uh, a few times, Rabbanam Kholing, you know, how much or how much ladies are mocked or whatever. Right, about, like, right, right. If but, it's, yeah, but it would be hard to get a, a scenario where she'd have a rave of their body right. at once. I don't think they do waxings on the whole body is, at once. No, it comes in as Right, it would be Mir al That that would be the case. That that would be a rubay al-Mahbad, It's also Asamid also, Arabanan. And the Ramah goes even one step further and says, even a miyy ve'aina We should also be careful of it's not Asamidaraban. Nevertheless, the Ramah adds in that even a miad va'aina which means something that's on a person's skin that you're now Akbed on. You're happy that it's there, but it's not something that's normally it's not part of your body. Nevertheless, a woman should make sure that she takes off. Probably the most common scenario is Nail polish. A manicure. Yeah, nail polish is probably the most common scenario. A woman has it on it. It's on a mir of her body. And she's not makbid. She wants it there. She went, she paid money to put it on there. She's not makbid. Nevertheless, according to Ramah, she should take that off. Because that's called a mir. And says you should do mir a makbid. Atu mir Atu mir, atu rubay u'makbid. Rubay means most of your body or most of whatever it is. No, most of your body. The only scenario where that may be different is here. Here, here, according to according to some place, it may be considered a entity unto itself, and that way that you could have rov here. That's that's probably the case. We could have rubai the or or rubai umak is probably by the here, assuming that the here is considered its own uh, its own entity. Otherwise, it means the whole rubai means the whole body. So that is called. That is called. So again, so we have miat. We have rubai umakbid midaraisa. We have miat ve'enamakbid or or rubai ve. I'm sorry, miat Umaqbid or rubai ve'enamakbid mid. the ve'enamakbid midarabanon. And then the lachetchila, she should even be taking off miat ve'enamakbid. Yeah, what does makhbed mean? What's, what, what defines makhbed? So the Pais gonna say makhbed means something that she wouldn't normally, she wouldn't normally walking out. That doesn't mean the way a woman a woman goes to a wedding. When a woman goes to a wedding, she's that much more careful about every single part of her body. When she when, you know, when she has picture day in school, she's that much more careful about every part of her body. It means the way a woman normally walks on the street. This is something that she, she looked in the mirror before she went out and she saw it on her skin, she would take it off. It's something that she is makhbed on. She does it's not want. Totally in her or it's totally in my- her or society. Which means if rife people in society are makbid, if it's something, that she, then she's batal, eight to the it's the, it's the rave and goes to the both ways. If most people would take that off, and she, for some reason, doesn't want to take that off, unless she's an omnis, the case you said before, unless it's, this is her line of work, and her line of work, this is normal, a teacher which can have you know, uh, paint in her or something like that, unless this is her line of work, a specific scenario, but in most cases, it goes based on society, she's batal society, and if it's something that she personally is not, but she's a mafunic, she's very careful about this, most other women don't care, it will also be also be a potential issue. Although real issues are not very common, but if a woman does have an issue, immediately call a rav before you do anything, before there's any tashmesh, before there's any breaking of her chakas, immediately call the rav and find out is this something that's an issue or not an issue. Uh, it's not very common for a woman to get sent back to the mikveh, but it's important that a woman should call a rav right away, explain what the, scenarios, explain what the scenario was, what, uh, what was on, what wasn't on. Many times you can just be told that it came after, it came when she was cleaning herself off. You have to figure out exactly uh, exactly if this is a potential chatzitsa and if this is a reason to send her back. We're not sending it back that the rub will have to uh, will have to decide. Right, the Ramban, the Ramban writes that, that you know, although there's many, many things that a woman needs to do before she goes to the mikvah, when she goes to the mikvah, she should be calm, she should be confident, she should assume that she's taking care of, you know, assuming that she went over everything she needed to do. She go into the mikvah being calm, confident, knowing that she did everything. Although these are these are sui karas that we're dealing with, she should not stress herself out and say, okay, maybe I wasn't makbath, and then she comes out of the mikvah and does another khafifa and another ian and another bidika. Do bidika, do it once, make sure she checks herself over and go to the mikvah and walk out with the confidence of knowing that she took care of everything. She needed to Care of and she can go be with her husband B'Shalom. That's all the Gabi, What Khatzitza is. Because of because of atanjah there is a there is a necessity for her to do a khafifa so, what is a khafifa? It's a khafifa, we'll talk about exactly how she does the khafifa. The first thing is, we have to figure out when she does the khafifa. What time does she do the khafifa? So, there's a basic machlaikas, when she does the khafifa. The shilta says that she should do the khafifa as close to night as possible, because she wants to make sure that there's the least amount of time in between the khafifa and the tefila, which makes sense. She's doing the khafifa to make sure there's no chatzits on. She wants to do it as close to tefila as possible. And Rashi understands no, that if you do it right before she goes to the mikvah, she's going to be a rush right? She has, to, she has to get back to her husband. She's gonna be, things are going to be much more hurried than if she would do it during the day. And therefore, the Rashi learns that Lachatechila, the best time to do it would be during the day, not to do it at night, not to do it right before she goes to the Mikvah. She has an appointment. She's rushed. Things are, won't be done as well and the ian won't be done as, you know, as properly as if she did it during the day. Rashi says she should do it during the day. Shakhnar says the most Lachatechila Start by day, finish at night. That way you get Rashi, and the shultas. you start by day, so you get Rashi's Indian you know, if you want to do it by day. So you do it now, Rashi, you finish at night, so that way it's as close to the tefillah as possible. Not very, very practical, because most women aren't, aren't sitting around waiting the whole day to go to the mikveh. Most women work, most women have kids, most women have things to do, and therefore it's not very practical to say, okay, you're going to the mikvah at five, you know, is at 5.30, make sure you start at five o'clock and go, you know, into, into shkia. Not very practical to do, and therefore she has two basic options she could do. She could either do it by day or she could do it by night. If she does it by day, she could do the whole thing by day. And at night, before she goes into the mikvah, she'll have to do a basic, she'll, what, she'll take a quick shower, she'll comb her hair you know, she'll brush her teeth assuming that she's eaten since then. If she needs to floss, she'll floss. She'll look herself over to a basic Ian before she goes into the mikvah but she doesn't have to do the whole khafifa process again because she did it properly during the day. She just needs to do a basic run over her body to make sure, run over of her body to make sure that she has no She has, no she has to comb her hair to make sure there's no knots and that there hasn't been any any knots that, you know, came in her hair since she did the first since she did the first washing and then she can go to the mikvah. That's option number one. Option number two is she can do the whole khafifa at night Right? Some woman, it's much more practical. She is very early. She's going to the mikveh you know, at 7 o'clock at night. Do the whole khafifa at night, and she can do it at night. The only issue with doing it at night is that we're nervous, like Rashi said, we're nervous that she's going to end up doing it very rushed. And therefore, the place can say, she has to make sure that when she, even when she's doing it at night, she doesn't do it rushed. How does she know that she's not doing it rushed? She has to figure out how much time does she normally take to do a khafifa if she would do a khafifa under totally calm circumstances. You do it during the day, no one's home, everything would be calm. How long would it take her? 20 minutes, a half hour, 40 minutes. Figure out how long it takes to do the whole khafifa process and make sure that at night when she's doing it, she does it for that amount of time. There's no specific unit of time that needs to be done. Yeah, I think we spoke about this last year. Some college teachers teach that she needs to do it for an hour at night. There is no unit of time. There's no specific time. However long it takes her to do that's how long she needs to do at night. If it only takes her 20 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, a half hour, whatever it takes, that's how long she should spend. Is there a unit of time for the bath? Or no, no. There's no unit of time for the bath either. I think mean, it's another so half, so a, that, another so misconception, is, huh? So the half hour is uh, what some people teach, but it's not a it's not a requirement. Yeah, there's no there's no. We'll talk about this in a second. There's no Kyiv to take a bath either. <laughs> but there's no, there's no there's no time, there's no there are no time constraints and, and anything on and anything when it comes to any part of Khafifa. She has to do things in a calm way, in a way she's making sure she's getting to everything, and she's doing it over properly. There's no uh, there's no amount of time she has to spend in a shower, a bath, a Khafifa. Everything needs to be done properly, well, then she go to the mikvah. Everybody agrees? Yeah? He doesn't agree. That's fine. Fine. After Khafifa, she has to make sure that she doesn't uh, that she does not get into you could show him to my Allah, that says it differently, doesn't say yeah. After the hafif, she needs to make sure she doesn't come into contact with any chatzitzahs, which means if she does a hafif during day, she does a hafif at night, and therefore, Okay, perfect. Now what? I agree to say there's no Makara to it. Uh, Fine, but there's no that, Okay. Mascada, we're here for Masqahas. We're not here to, for halakhic yeah. uh, debates. But that's yeah, Maskarah, there is no there's no halakhic requirement for her to do any for any <laughs> time. After the khafifa she needs to make she needs to make sure that she does not uh, she doesn't come into contact or anything, therefore the best is if she's doing khafifa at night, she should not be eating at night. After she does the khafifa before tefillah, if she does it during the day, she could eat, she just needs to make sure that she brushes her teeth and if necessary flosses before she uh before she goes to the mikvah. when she goes to the mikvah on Friday night, so she does the, um, let's talk about, yeah, Shabbos and Yontef, but she goes to the mikvah on Friday night or Yontef, so if, she, if Lel Tfila is Friday night or first night of Yontef, she does the whole khafifa beforehand, Erev, Shabbos, Erev, Yontef, when she has time to do it. She doesn't have to do it right before Shabbos or Yontef, she can do it in the morning, she can do it at the time it's most convenient, she does hafifah, and then she goes to the mikveh Friday night or yontif. She can't take a bath. She can't take a shower. She can't. Uh, she can do anything else on Friday night. She goes to the mikveh on Friday night. If the chafifa comes at a matzah Shabbos or matzah yontif, so then even though she could do the whole chafifa before the tefillah, she could do it on matzah Shabbos. Nevertheless, the Ramah writes that the main chafifa should be done erev Shabbos, erev yontif, and just do a quick shower. You know brushing her teeth running you know doing quick run over of her body on matzah shabbos or matzah yontif to make sure that she doesn't have any chatzitsas that came over shabbos and over Yantif, huh if, uh, so if it comes out on the second night of Yantif or the or or, or or lel shabbos which comes right after Yantif. then again she does a khafifa on Erev shabbos Erev Yantif. And just uh, tries to be as careful as possible to make sure she doesn't have any real chatzitzahs that come. And again, she could eat meat. That's not a problem. She could eat meat. She could take a toothpick and clean it out. She can't uh, brush her teeth on Shabbos and Yontif unless she does it in a way, which is mutter. But she should just clean her teeth out well and make sure she doesn't have any meat or chicken in her teeth. But that's if, she, so again, if she's, again, if she's going on Friday night or in Yontif night, then she'll do the khafifa on Erev Shabbos, Erev Yontif. And if she's going on a Matsi Shabbos and Matsi Yantif, then she does a Khafifa also, Arab Shabbos, Arab Yantif, and just a quick Khafifa on Matsi Shabbos, Matsi Yontif, a quick shower and uh, brushing her hair, brushing her teeth to make sure that she doesn't have any Khatitzahs that came over Shabbos and Yantif. That's all like, the time of the Khafifa. So what does she do for the actual Khafifa? So a woman should. Huh? you on Yantif on the second day Yantif. All right, so no, this is before Yantif. if she didn't do it before Yantif. No, Whatever she could do, so she does uh... that. huh? Yeah. So, a woman, a woman. So, the first, the first thing that she needs to do in order to do a khafifa is a woman needs, should bathe herself in warm water before going to the mikvah. It should not be cold water. Warm, water. warm water is better for cleaning her body off, and therefore she should bathe herself in warm water using soap and shampoo as well. She should not. The be now she's preferably not use conditioner. Conditioner has the. Uh, I didn't know this until until Chasnida, but the way conditioner works is it puts a thin. Um, film of uh, conditioner, I guess, on each and every hair, and that's why it makes it softer. It makes it less tangled, and therefore she should not, preferably, not use conditioner because it could, it's something which is staying on her hair even after she, even after she, uh, she t- finishes taking a shower and washes the conditioner out. The conditioner still, nevertheless, remains on her hair. If for some reason she needs to use conditioner, her hair is very tangly. Her hair is very, uh, you know. Um, Naughty, and it would be helpful to use conditioner, so she could use conditioner and then just wash it out after by putting shampoo inside her hair and wash it out. If she did use conditioner by mistake, just wash it out after with shampoo. Now, that would be an example of Rubai Ve'enamak, but assuming they are, yeah, very good. She's right, right, she doesn't care. Assuming it's a chetitza, assuming so that, that that's called the right, yeah, a real, pro- like, yeah. uh, that could be a potentially real prop, like, it, it potentially is not a real chetitza, but uh. It, Yeah, uh, it's not a, it's not not a real, real chazit. Okay, (laughs) then many women, many women have the midik to take a bath over a shower. There's a certain mila and be able to sit in a bath and bathe in water. It's definitely uh, more. It's it it takes (laughs) off takes off the dirt easier. That's a midik. That's a good thing to do. She does not have a shower. If she does not have a bath in her house. Or to so many dealers do not have baths in the house, only have showers, or for some reason she's in a hotel that doesn't have a bath, it's not a problem. She could either take a bath in the mikvah if, they have a, if she has an ability to do that, or she could just take a shower and that will be fine. Yeah, so that's the first thing she does is she bathes herself off. There's no, uh, no time and how long she has to be in the bath for, but she should make sure that she cleans herself properly. Soap, shampoo, bathe herself off while her hair is still wet. She comes out of the shower, out of the bath. She should comb her hair to make sure there's no knots in it. The best time to do it is while it's wet. It's the easiest way to get all the knots out. And that way she should, that's what she should do after she comes out. That's lagabe, the bathing. Next thing she needs to do is she needs to make sure that her teeth don't have any chatzitzes in it. She doesn't have to go in this exact order. But she needs to make sure the teeth don't have any chatzitzes in it, even though, like we said, the teeth are considered a basis starim. Nevertheless, it needs to be And therefore, she should clean her mouth well with a toothbrush. She should brush her teeth well. If she normally uses floss, then she should use floss. If Shoma doesn't use floss, it's probably better not to use floss. Right, it floss will get stuck in your teeth, especially if you're not used to using it. Toothpicks also—if she's not careful and she's, you know, just tries to, you know, force a toothpick enter, in between her teeth, you get splinters of wood in between your teeth. Also, not kashmak—that's something you makb but on. You don't want there. And therefore, she should clean her mouth out well the way she normally cleans her mouth out during the week, brushing it, etc. If she flosses every night, so let her floss. If she's a toothpick, let her use a toothpick. But uh, she should do it the way she normally does. She should also, right? Um, she should also. She, yeah, she should make sure she uses good floss it doesn't rip, huh? Yeah, she makes sure she uses she should make sure she uses good floss it doesn't rip. Use a proper a proper uh, a proper floss. Next thing she should do is fingernails and her toenails. That's also she should make sure that she takes she takes off any uh any any manicure or pedicure on her on her nails to make sure that again that's something that would be like a a And um sorry, I went to the wrong page. That, that's what she should do, she'll also clean her nails before to make sure that there's no dirt underneath she should cut her nails to the length that they normally are to make sure that they are uh, they're not too long because we are nervous that dirt's gonna get stuck underneath and therefore she should cut her nails, cut her nails, clean her nails both toenails and fingernails to make sure that they're cut off. Cuticles which don't bother her which she normally leaves on, she does not have to sit there making sure that every single cuticle came off, she should just clean her clean, uh, clean her nails the way she would normally clean them. And things that don't bother her that are little teeny pieces of cuticles that aren't really uh, aren't really an issue, don't bother her. Calluses in the bottom of the feet. Also, if it's something that she normally takes off, she's always very mock, but she sits there and, and you know, scrapes them off with those what are they called? Like the stones or this thing, huh? Files. Files or stones or whatever it is, then she should normally do it. If not, if this is something she always has in her skin, does not bother her, but khlal, it's considered part of her skin, and that would not be an issue. She polish a lot of times. Oh, very flat. good. Yeah, true. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Then, then that'll be much more of an issue, and that's why. That's why many. How, how long can... does manicure stay fresh for? It depends on the woman. Depends how often she j- does dishes. I know my yeah, wife I sometimes she gets one on Friday, and we have guests over, and she she does dishes in the sink Friday night because we don't have enough sure. dishes to last us if we have. Yes, and for Shabbos day, it could last two days. It could last a day. These are the guarantee for three days or six days. No, then there's gel, mani- gel manicures. It could last much longer. The, the, the real... Right, even with, hands with hands Alba, after, after three, four days, the males grow a little bit. So, the etsem they to is not perfect anymore. So. Right. Okay. So, so the, the most common example of when it would be a miyav of Makhbid is probably a gel manicure that she put, pl- Gel manicures are meant to last for like three, 30 days, I think. They're meant to last for a few weeks. If she has a gel manicure and she puts on and it stayed, the point of gel manicure is supposed to stay perfect and she's able to look it over and it's not a perfect, that'd be a case of miyav And under certain circumstances, a Rav could say, okay, you know, I, I don't know if you'd get away with it in a liquid mikvah, but, you know, that, that's a Rav could say, okay, listen, it's a of Vaina and it's something, huh? I'm more flexible. Okay, so again, but it would have to be, the, you're right, if there's a tiny chip in any of them and that's why we're, that, we're very careful about this and we prefer just take it off and get a new one, it's another 10 bucks, take it off and get a new one because we want to make sure that you don't run into an issue where if it's a little chipped or a little cracked, then it could be a problem of a mi He does not want it on. Yeah, 100%. You're saying it grows, I don't know if I'm sorry for disturbing. You're, you're, you're saying after three, four days the nail grows a little bit, and the lady. Yeah. Let's so, is that saying the 30 me. day? You said 30 day, Gary? Does the gel so on for 30 days? The gel is just saying that it will stay on perfectly for 30 days. but Not when it on the at, that didn't grow right, yet. an average lady, <laughs> I don't know what every average lady, but. It, once it grows it. a little bit. Yes, yeah, so you have to, I'm saying, yeah, they don't, they don't grow. Uh, you have to find out sure. what the norm, I, I think the norm is that they don't want keeping it enough of you even when it grows. Uh, and this stuff you they, they hope to get it, show. you know, they hope not to be getting it every three days, right? No. At least the husband's hope not to be paying for it every three <laughs> days, right? <laughs> for sure. So, that's it, yeah. She should also clean her nose and her ears, making sure that there's no wax in her ears, making sure that she cleaned out her, uh, her nose. She can clean the, the, ear, the earring holes in her ear should also be cleaned out, just make sure there's nothing there. She could just do it very easily, put her earring in and out. She should clean her e- eyes as well also. Make sure the outside of her eyes, there's no mucus on her eyes, there's nothing in her eyes. If she wears lenses, she should take them out. That's something that a lot of women will forget about. If you wear lenses the whole day, you forget to take out your lenses, especially if you have lenses that you can wear overnight. They're called, uh, whatever, there's ones that you can just wear for like week-long lenses, you can wear for a week, yeah, she should be taking them out. If she left them in the day we'll be fine. That's uh that won't be it won't be real chatzitza. However, she should be careful to take them out. Blisters can also blisters could be left. If it's you know, if it's dry skin and it's popped or something like that, then she should she should try to get it away. The dead skin that's stuck around it, but otherwise she can uh she can leave it, scabs, you know, just wash them well, make sure that there's no dried blood on top of them, but the actual scabs is not she should not sit there you know, cutting off every scab and uh, giving herself a lot of pain and Isn't anguish to cut off. No but she should soften it before just to make sure there's no there's nothing there's no external parts that are on top of it. everything else so she can leave um, again, like we said, splinter is fine. Planning on getting a haircut, right? This is many women will say, I'm planning on getting a haircut. I'm planning on shaving or something like that. But she didn't have time to do it. She wants to get a waxing two days after the mikvah. That's not considered to be a chatzitza, That's part of her skin. That's part, it's part considered attached to her. And even though she wants to cut it off, she plans on getting a haircut in two, three days or in a week. Not an issue. And she does not uh, she does not have to take it off before. If she has an IUD, that's considered that would probably that's a case of belua. That's another case of belua. A very practical case of belua. If she has an IUD, so that's in the uterus. She does not have to take out her iud before she goes to the mikvah. However, a new, new ring would be a case of be'shastaram and not and that she should preferably take it before going to the mikvah. She should uh, she should make sure she takes it out. Stitches cast. There's many other many many other scenarios which come up in uh, specific cases. She should pull a rav and find out exactly what she needs to do. So I guess we didn't get to chachkas uh, this time. We'll do it next time. We shalom. Hashem